Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And through the power of the internet, this is Flyover Ministry. We're coming to the end of our discussion on discipleship, at least formal discussion. We'll likely talk about discipleship in future episodes. But as we're coming to the end of this month's series on discipleship, I'm really encouraged by the discussion that we've been having so far. And I hope that you have been too. And again, want to point you to our social media pages on Uh, Instagram and Facebook, and hope that you join in the discussion there as well. But as we get into the topic today, Jordan, I'm curious, uh, what tools have you found to be useful as you go about discipling students and others in your church? The number of tools that I have found is extremely diverse. Um, Lighters and lighter fluid, uh, that can be a helpful tool. Shovels. backpacks, bug tents, um, spatulas, and uh, I, I could go on paintball guns occasionally as well. So mm. you, um, gotta, you gotta shout out the Nerf gun as well. If you're gonna yes, do- Nerf will rival specifically because that's that's where it's at. And I even saw an advertisement for a rival that you can switch the barrel a little bit, just do like a clockwise turn and it'll spin the ball for like hitting people behind pillars. Awesome. Well- that's entirely your right to be completely wrong. But I'm curious here, you, you <laughs> mentioned all of these other tools that people might not have been expecting. So could you shed a little clarification as you as we get into this? Yeah, I can. Uh, honestly, as we're talking about tools for discipleship, and all of that stuff was really to point out kind of a theme that we'd been talking about before. And uh, I'm, I'm sure many of you have caught on by now, but it's your own life. Um, so many times the ministry that matters, that students are going to remember, um, is not going to be the moment in youth group. And Dan, actually at the youth worker weekends, uh, we were recently at, you came out and said, like, what lessons do your kids remember? And, and, you know, it's it's a humbling moment to remember. I don't remember many, uh, if any specifically that I went through. Um, and while we'd say that it's still important, it's kind of like asking what meal did you eat two weeks ago on Tuesday afternoon? You might not be able to say what you had, but you know what nourished you. Um, similarly, the word being presented weekly is a good foundation. But honestly, that, that connection that's going to happen um, a lot of times will be happening in small group connections where you're just kind of doing life together. And if, if we are doing discipleship only in a large group setting, Um, talking to people, we're missing so many opportunities that God has given. So we've got, you know, I I mentioned campfire. Uh, I think all of us could think of a story of a campfire story where some student was just opened up and there's, there's this concept called like the third, I think it's called the third person. Um, But basically where there's, where there's another object that you can both focus on, it removes a barrier between you two and it allows conversation to happen um, a little bit more freely which is why campfires can be such a, a great thing because you're looking at fire because fire is cool. Uh, you know, paintball but it's guns. not. 
It's not literally. Hot. It's hot. let's let's get that out of the way because we would have gotten feedback. Fire is not literally cool. Metaphorically cool. I'm and sorry. Now it just Continue. got toasted. So, anyways. Oh. Uh, unless I, I mentioned paintball guns. Um, you know, sometimes we can think too. I don't want to say too spiritually. We can over spiritualize some things. And you, you mentioned last time the uh, breakfast comment that it's the we do the ten breakfast so we can get to the eleventh one. For those who might not understand the fuller concept of that, there's kind of like, have you ever had one of those? Um, just conversations that just went deep right away. And, and it was kind of talking about how that's not going to be the first conversation you have. It's recognizing there's a history of connections before that, that lead up to this point. And that's why we invest time. And maybe these ones that you could look at and say, there's nothing that I saw that was fruitful about it, but it, we, we do it for the sake of the one that is right. Um, and that kind of happens with some of these activities too, you know, entering their world, um, being a part of their life, being able to laugh together, find joy together. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the essences of relational ministry. I think, uh, Jesus probably was a little bit of a prankster. I mean, I don't have a, a reference that I could say specifically where he pulled a practical joke, but I mean, you got a guy who's saying like, Hey, someone's asking if we pay the tax, Peter, go grab a fish. And like, mm -hmm. it's there, you know, that that's a fun you, thing of doing that. You want to send people away to, so that they can find something to eat. You guys feed them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wait, I'm going to watch. This is going to be fun. So <laughs> let them flounder a little bit. Let them tread water and then have them come back to you. Yeah. And some of the other references were things like uh, a spatula serving community meals together, you know, doing acts of service together. A shovel would be thinking about like a ministry or a mission trip that we did together. These are all different components that can, when they come together, be a part of um, a discipleship plan, like you, you're bringing people into experiences, situations where they're uncomfortable, where they are out of their elements to show them the world's bigger, that God is still working, um, that these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. All of these things can have an impact on them. And so really, when you're thinking the tools for discipleship, look what you have in your own life. Um, my car is a tool for discipleship. You could also say for evangelism, because when people get inside, they fear for their life. So eternity becomes very real. Um, I won't say if it's because of my driving or the condition of my car, but, uh, you know, or both. I mean, it could be, let's, let's not exclude that. Potential. I may have a reputation that I may or may not have earned. Um, so uh, yeah, these are, these are some really great tools of life as we think about that. And I don't know if you'd add any tools that I didn't add. I was kind of like a blanket statement there, but what would you say as far as different tools? Well, I think you were touching on something that it's truly beautiful to continue to remind ourselves that discipleship does not have to be this complicated thing. It just is the everyday elements of, you know, standard life. Not everything is going to be super exciting or high speed or high tech. It can be. And we're not excluding that doesn't have to be some sophisticated curriculum with all the top notch graphics and transitions. And, you know, you got to get that star swipe transition on your PowerPoint slides. And mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be that. That's the, that's the beautiful thing is that um, especially coming from churches that don't have a lot of money to be throwing around discipleship doesn't have to be this expensive uh, line in your budget. It's a part of it for sure. To be, to be sure that, you know, 
your church, if you're on the same page, I, personal conviction, I think your church should be paying you, uh, or at least covering for your meals, or you know, every once in a while, a movie ticket to go see some the new Marvel that's up on when we're able to go to the theaters, I suppose. You, your, your church should be behind you when it comes to being intentionally meeting with students. If you're gonna go get ice cream, if you're gonna go fish, if you're gonna do a round of golf, um, if you're going to you know, go for a car trip, um, your, your church should be paying, helping you pay your way to do this. And you know, I think, and this was a part of my ministry experience for a long time, but, um, and maybe you can relate to this as well, but there was a long time where I just, I don't like asking people for money and I was a volunteer. So a lot of what I was doing, I was covering on my own. So when it comes to thinking of like, oh man, I just don't know if I have the right tools in my, my, my toolbox to be discipling people, you don't have to have fancy tools. It's just the everyday things that you have around you in everyday life that, that help build up relationships so that you can share the gospel. And I think the, the greatest tool here, again, is consistency and intentionality and genuineness. And I think that will get you a lot farther than the fanciest curriculum will. I'm going to uh, do a Jesus juke, and I'm actually going to trump you and say probably the greatest tool going way back to the second episode here, um, the Holy Spirit in prayer. And if you can find something better than that, then you can correct me back. But I, I think we do. Well, one of those a- one of those is God. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to dare. Yeah, but we do a disservice to ourselves when we neglect this and we leave this out as a part of um, our toolbox on this. Again, prayer is so huge. Um, mm-hmm. Aligning yourself with with where God is leading you, uh, pointing to who he is working with. And again, the work of the Holy Spirit. We cannot change lives. That's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, the Holy Spirit's job to encourage and um, when we get to take part in it, it's an awesome experience. It's really humbling to see God work through you. Um, but that's that's his job. So I, I want to just reiterate that. Not that any of us are thinking like, okay, I just got to get the right box setter, the right movie pass, and things are going to happen. We, we do need God's involvement here too. And I wasn't trying to Jesus juke Dan. It was just a really good introduction or segue into that line on our outline. So there's that. No, that was, that was fine. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> I, my, my feelings are not hurt either way. The, the importance here of prayer, you know, recognizing that when we do pray, we are giving up our, our own will and pursuing God's will. And when we pursue God's will and we ask for things while we're in his will, do you think he's not going to answer those prayers? No, you know, rhetorical question. Of course, he's going to answer those prayers according to his will. And you know what? His answers look a lot different than what we might be expecting. And that is okay. You know, <laughs> we're, we're um, getting answers, I think, from God in a lot of ways that we might not have otherwise expected. And a lot of ways, pretty much every way is, is better than we could have ever hoped for or imagined. You know, I think of um, one time where I was walking through... Uh, uh, a restaurant at one point and I found uh, a group of our I saw a couple of our kids from youth group like oh that's cool they're all sitting there together and I found out that um, that one of their small one of our small group leaders had taken them out to Applebee's and this was before I got to this wasn't in Dalton this was uh, beforehand but um, it's just like, oh my gosh are, are you kidding me like that's 
that's that's tremendous like that's exact this is exactly it right and you just all of a sudden realizing that there's so much more going on outside of you and and relying Mm -hmm. on god to do his work beyond you and outside of you i think is so so important so yes we need the holy spirit emphasizing what jordan you were saying and we need prayer and we talked about time here and we need on top of the holy spirit and prayer a friendly amendment we need patience because again, things that are worthwhile will take a long time and they will be difficult, but we need to, um, we need time. There was a line and I wish I could remember who said it. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you said this, um, we'll, we'll edit this in, in post and re- correct this, but there was a line of youth ministry is gardening in a fast food, in a fast food world, hmm. in a drive-through culture, youth ministry is gardening. And that's such a powerful image, especially as one who has attempted to garden. And uh, I say attempted because this last year, I think our garden finally took off to the point where I could say it was a success. Otherwise the weeds got overgrown or it wasn't getting enough sunlight just because of where we were at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we moved and we set up a new garden and we put up a fence and things really took off. And I think there's something beautiful about being able to have it take a long time so that you can really savor it when it takes off. Sure. And to en- and that's not guaranteeing that you're going to be even part- partaking of the fruit that you're, you're, you're tending, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you might not get any fruit at all, but your call is still to quote unquote garden. And that's, that's the challenge is we need a lot more patience than we tend to, to realize. Yeah. Um, uh, on the same notes of time here too, uh, I think this was David Platt who mentioned this, but he had the statement, you can't microwave disciples. And that's Gross. kind of a, yeah, that's kind of the same thought though, is like the speed at which our culture is used to having things happen. You know, you drive up to the window, you order something and it comes, Mm -hmm. uh, you just, you, you know, cell phone communication, everything is so instant. And in this instant world, uh, we, we take something that takes time or this is something that takes time. So like the idea of, of marinating, maybe a disciple is a little bit better soaking them in this reality uh, of the gospel and, and, God's presence in his word and going back to prayer for a second too, um, not just praying for students, but I think there's a huge opportunity as a part of discipleship of praying with students and bringing them in on that. Cause I, I don't know if that's something that we've kind of missed a little bit, but I don't know how often we are exposed to people intentionally praying for us. Um, what that looks like, uh, what that, communication with God looks like. Um, so that's, that's a helpful thing too, um, is, is inviting them in on your prayer life too. Um, or you could just like have them watch, uh, war room. I think that, you know, takes care of it, but uh, I don't, I don't know if I would, and this is, you, you can take this for what it's worth. I don't know if I would subject people to watching Christian movies. (laughs) Some of them are okay. Yes. Uh, okay. (laughs) I, I've enjoyed some of the Kendrick brothers ones. I mean, mm. there's, you have to understand it for what it is, but uh, yeah, I, I, I will put it this way. I appreciate the efforts and the, the intention to not totally abandon that medium for mm. 
Christ's witness. Um, I think there's a lot of room for us to grow, uh, but I'll, I'll say that. So. No, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, not to, we'll, we'll get out of this rabbit hole here before <laughs> we go any further down. I'm curious here as, as we wrap up this series as well, if there are any materials specifically, and I know that we've kind of dodged away from materials specifically from uh, curriculums and things like that in light of encouraging people to just use what's around them in their everyday life. But Jordan, have you found any good materials as far as curriculum or even something to go through with students or parents? Um, there's so much that's out there. Um, and again, I think it really is going to come down to what your approach with using the material is going to be. Uh, some that I do have experience with is um, I, I went through with actually the youth group one, one year we went through um, David Platt and Francis Chan, their multiply book. Um, and that was that I, I really appreciate that book. I need to revisit that. Um, I don't think I'd go through it as a, a youth group for a year again. But as far as the principles there and even asking the question and just like what the, like that's the purpose of, of our following Christ is to multiply and make disciples and, and addressing kind of that aspect of it. Um, I know of some other things uh, I've, I was, I don't know how I got it, but there was um, Lifeway had a disciples path kit that had one, two, three, four, five, six different books to it. That talks about like the beginning, the way, the call, the truth, the life, the mission. So that would be something maybe that you could go through together um, more of as a, a scope thing, just like if you have the time and you have the budget to, to afford something like that. Um, but then again, you know, we would recognize too, there's going to be some denominational differences and distinction, distinctions too. Like when they talk about things like baptism or uh, the Lord's Supper, like what's actually happening with the sacraments. Uh, is it just a symbol or is it something more, you know, there's going to be some, some things to walk through. And I don't know if that's like the, I mean, you want, if you're discipling someone to help them think through that, uh, mm -hmm. but how you do that is going to be a question to go through too. Um, I, given a certain age, I think doing something like uh, focus on the family's truth project, if you've got a couple just walking through that, uh, yeah. something like that can be something to spark conversation, maybe approach thinking about these certain topics in different ways and you can bring the gospel into it. I would encourage uh, that being kind of like the primary point of using these tools is to begin discussion, uh, not to have that be it. I, I think it's so easy to just like let that tool say, okay, we read through that now we're done rather than building off of that. And yeah. I think we miss, we miss the mark when we do that. Um, there's for older kids going into college, um, watermark church in texas uh they did a video series called adulting which that word is kind of some people are out of favor with it right now saying you shouldn't say it anymore <laughs> uh but it, it tackled some really good subjects it tackled things like your involvement with politics uh is it important to follow your heart as you're considering your job or might god have placed you in this less than ideal environment for his glory um tackled church membership of all things uh which i think is something that's really important for our culture today because it's become such a little thing uh tackled things like honoring your word and things and again as a as an opportunity for 
um, you to have a discussion and going deeper on some of these subjects um, can be really good. So those are some of the things that I've, I've encountered um, that I, I kind of hang on to. Like I've got links to those things saved and the chance that I've got opportunities to walk with someone through that. Um, but then again, if you're going, if, you, if you've got somebody who's like brand new Christian, it might just be most helpful to like go through John, you know, uh, go through the gospel, get God's word, that foundation first, and then you can build on that later. But starting with really nailing down who is Jesus, who does he reveal himself to be as the word made flesh and, and walking through some of that. Um, so that's what I would throw out there. Um, interested to hear what, what you have from, from that perspective. Well, it's, it, I appreciate the setup here because as like you said, there's a lot out there. There's a lot available for us. If you're curious, if you're uh, looking into discipling intentionally if you're looking for specific curriculum. And I appreciate the setup with the Gospel of John, because what first came to my mind is uh, the Gideons have a, a, a series of books. There's, I think, two of them right now that go through the Gospel of John, and the other one goes through the Gospel of Mark. And they're designed to be more devotional than anything else. And if you wanted to, they, they're free, which is kind of a nice perk. And they will give you more than you ask for. The intention being that you give your students two of them, two or three of them, and they will give those two to a friend of theirs. The idea, though, that we found them to be really great free resources to give out and to even walk kids through. And um, even just personally, just for personal devotional materials, they're really great. And I would encourage you to take a look at that. Uh, I know that I've talked about Orange as well. Uh, Orange has put out a really great material called Phase. In other words, it's just a phase, so don't miss it. And mm -hmm. I think as far as discipling parents, that's been a really great resource to be able to look at and say, here's what you can expect developmentally from your kids as they are six years old, or they're a sophomore in high school, or they're in sixth grade, or whatever age that they are. And it goes from zero to 18. And as far as having a conversation with parents about this is what you can expect from your kids at this age. And the premise of the book is that instead of just saying, oh, it's a phase, I'll get over it. It's a phase. So you should take this opportunity of this phase to, to uniquely teach them about what we believe. Mm. And that's been a really great resource, even just personally to read through. So I'd recommend that as well. I know we've talked about Lead 222, and they have really great material for, I know specifically for youth workers to other youth workers. Um, I know this is uh, the premises behind and the themes that they go through, um, the pillars that they focus on are pillars that we also focus on as a church. So going through it with some of our deacons is something that I've always wanted to try and do. Um, just to be able to say, okay, I know this is going to say youth workers a lot, but let's move past this youth workers element and to actually focus on like, how are, how can we celebrate together? Um, how can we build genuine community? Um, Lead 222 also has really great material for youth workers to students, which I'd highly recommend that you take a look at. And uh, that's, uh, that's been really great to be able to have as a resource and to utilize, but otherwise, yeah, it's the, the focusing on your own life. It doesn't have to be curriculum. Oh, I, I was going to mention one other here, if I can, and I will. Uh, the Pray For Me campaign, Tony Souter. The idea here is getting other people, getting the whole church on 
mission, on the same mission, and uh, to be able to involve them all in a our, go deep fast. You know, the what? How can we pray for you? Encouraging adults to be able to connect with students in your church in in a meaningful way, where these people are specifically praying for these kids. And I think that's an incredible discipleship opportunity. It's an incredible opportunity to encourage spiritual growth and development, not just with your students, but with other people in your church, encouraging them to pray, not just in generalities, but specifically for these, the, the needs of kids. Because I think a lot of times you get older adults who know that oh, that student ministry is important, but they are, they're not entirely sure how to go about it. So giving them a door into that world, into their world, I think is a tremendous opportunity. And the lead for me or pray for me campaign is a great way to go about as a doorway into that world. Yeah, those are all great thoughts. And as we wrap up this time together, I hope that this series has encouraged you and seeing that discipleship may be more attainable than what we initially originally thought, that it's not um, something to be afraid of, but it's really honestly it's just you being a disciple and bringing others with you as you grow in Christ. Um, how you do that, there's there's so many different ways. There's so many different tools. Um, I know we have in our association an evangelism and discipleship uh, branch or, or group, if you will. Um, department is the department. word you're looking there for. There you go. Yes, department. Uh, you could feel free to reach out to them too. Um, I know other denominations probably have other things too. So we recognize that we're not comprehensively covering everything but hopefully what we did cover was was going to be helpful too and as we wrap this up too just want to invite you we would love to hear um, from you and i know we say that regularly um but it's an encouragement to us as we hear from you and, and we're open to ideas too like if there's something that we're not doing that would be really helpful for you especially like i'm thinking of the episode today where we shot off a whole bunch of different things um if we maybe put some notes together of just like, this is what we talked about. So with links for you to check out, let us know if that'd be something you appreciate. And then we can try to uh, work on that as we, we do as well. And uh, again, we thank you for joining us on this journey um, as we hopefully encourage one another to make disciples for God's kingdom, for his glory. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.